If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Achtung! Achtung! <laughs> hey folks, welcome to the Song Podcast. I am Mark Fraser. I am joined by... <laughs> and... <laughs> Which is Chris and Vicky, if you didn't know. But I was going to say, I don't know how to say hello in Swedish, but I think they just go, hello. Hello. <laughs> well, if it, if it's the same as Denmark, it's hi. Hi. I think that's still an abbreviation. I don't no, know. it's H-A-J, it's hi. Hi. It's hello. Oh, fuck. So we stole that for them. I don't know. No, we see HI and this. Yeah, but we probably just stole you that. You seem really disappointed. What? I thought we, I thought we made that. Come up with <laughs> one word. That's right. Well, so you've been lying to me about that. And goodbye. Uh, sorry, bye bye. It's hi hi. Just kind of confusing. That's fucking stupid. <laughs> right, good, goodbye is far well. So. They, they can keep that one. Um, right, what is this word doing? Uh, I don't know, Unsung man. podcast. All oh, right, I thought you meant the album. <laughs> <laughs> unsung podcast. Yeah, and do you know what's really great about unsung podcast? If you're a fan, free records. Well, they're not free. <laughs> All right, free-ish records. <laughs> That's another thing we're lying about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, we've just sent away this month's subscription records to our subscribers. That makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just about. Yeah. Uh, 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 latest month's subscribers. See what that sentence reminded me of? Subscriptions. <laughs> <laughs> that sentence reminded me of that Sylvester Stallone film, is it called cliffhanger mm. where he jumps with the ice pick and he manages to just get it stuck in the in, in the side of the thing and climb uh, up that sentence was that just barely a sentence to that extent <laughs> a story of my life mate hanging uh, on <laughs> but if you go to patreon.com forward slash unsung pod you can see all of our three subscription tiers start off with the four quid or your equivalent currency and just join our unsung facebook group and get free bonus episodes no you cannot pay in rubles we are not going to validate that currency right now sorry 
Yeah, it's not possible. It's just not possible anymore. <laughs> <laughs> the bank is closed to your currency, Mr. Putin. Uh, and if you want to give us a little bit more money, we'll send you a curated digital record yep. by artists that we support. We basically take the money that we get from subscribers, we use it to buy things directly off these artists and labels, independent labels, and they then are able to put that money back into new projects. And we've had some great success. We've had a band repress. I think another band talking about doing a vinyl release of a, a long unavailable album. Mm-hmm. Just thanks to the money that we are able to, to put into their projects. That's good. Through the record club. So it benefits everybody. So please get involved. Yep. And if you want to give us a little bit more money... You can get actual vinyl records sent to you mm-hmm. as well, um, mm-hmm. and and a different digital album. So mm-hmm. you know it's all there. So mm-hmm. uh, go to patreon.com for slash unsung pod. And if you're a f- really a big fan of commitment, like you just you're just so fucking in love with the podcast, you want to just be with us forever. You can actually do annual subscription now as well, which yeah. you get a sixteen percent discount, two months free if you do that. Which High is five nice. to Ooh. the folk that have done that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's like a little present to yourself, really. Yeah, if you uh-huh. join if you join the record club, suddenly you just get this little thing in your inbox or in your literal mailbox, and you're like, "Oh, fucking yes!" Past me was nice to future me. I didn't have a turntable. I need to sort that. You're out. You're from North Lanarkshire. It wouldn't last long if you did get one. Mm. Dave got me an Inspector Morse uh, vinyl at Christmas. Remember? <laughs> yeah. And it's I used it to catch a mouse. Used <laughs> 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 it to catch a mouse with a basin <laughs> in my house. That's so incredibly North Lanarkshire. <laughs> so it was useful. It was a useful present. Uh, is there anything people can do to share this? I know nothing about social media. You could retweet the post on Twitter and you could also retweet the post on Instagram into your story. Yeah, just uh, click the latest episodes, uh, hit the share button, put it on your story, put a little comment as to why you like it or dislike it. Um, tag us. Tag a pal in it. Ta- we, when you add it to your story, automatically we, we automatically get notified and we'll reshare it and it'll be like a big virtuous circle jerk. <laughs> so, <laughs> lovely. Um <laughs> Oh yeah, another thing, um, if you just want to give us a one-off tip, you can. we've got a PayPal as well. Um, yeah, just imagine we're a pathetic wee bastard with an acoustic guitar sitting <laughs> at the side of the street and you want us to stop staring at you. Some pathetic wee bastard that are in a Nazi punk band and you want to save them. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So paypal.me forward slash unsungpod. Any money that you give us via PayPal will go towards Chris's fund to buy a flashback if he was a Nazi CD. <laughs> Combine the label and repressing all the releases, which is one. Um, so what we are about to do is the second part of our deep dive investigation into the kind of cult urban rumour myth story fascinating bit of trivia that Mm -hmm. Asa Base might be slash are definitely slash definitely are not slash let's find out Nazis neo-nazis that they started the band to try and trojan horse a bunch of really sinister ideas into people's households or that they maybe had certain ideas that crept into their music and then they got over them or that none of that's true and they're just a band and it's all being misinterpreted please go back and listen to part one um we tried to lay it out in a way that had had a lot of little like side streets and stuff through the history of nazi punk in sweden through the history of swedish pop music which is fucking massive and a big part of how these four people ended up making the music they made Mm. um and we also go into the colourful life story of four-year-old four-year-old arsonist (laughs) 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 and definite ex 
neo-Nazi band member Ulf Ekberg, who admits and apologises for his membership in a band. However, as we highlighted in, in part one as well, there are certain aspects of Ulf's past in that band that he's, I would say for somebody that's trying to maybe uh, air all his dirty laundry, he seems to be leaving a few bits of dirty laundry out of the way. Mm-hmm. You know, when he's talking about the band, he doesn't mention a guy called Anders Klarström, who be, went on to become the founder and the first leader of the Sweden Democrats, who... We'll, we'll talk about who they are in a bit more detail, but even though now they're sort of a fairly mainstreamed right to far right wing Swedish party, they started as a neo-Nazi project, and we'll, we'll look at that in a moment. Um, but, you know, Ulf missing things like that out, Ulf using phrases like saying that he was around a lot of neo-Nazis, just sort of like softly, softly, you know, a, couple, a lot of euphemisms involved there, and a couple of little omissions that I think are quite interesting, and don't help his case, mm-hmm. you know, when he's trying to say, right, I've been honest, that's so can mm-hmm. we get over it and you're like well did why if you're being honest then just mm-hmm. be honest about all of it mm-hmm. you know we know who Anders Klarstrom is we know he was in the band why hide it and then uh, we spoke about the fact that the record label Flashback Records <laughs> who have a total of one release uh, took such exception to him sort of um tiptoeing around a lot of these facts uh, what they said was his cowardice that they just released a CD called Ufa Was a Nazi which had a number of tracks he says most of those tracks weren't by their band indeed they weren't recorded by their band flashback maintained they were written by the band you can go and hear this in more detail in the first episode but uh, what we're going to do now is look a little bit at the political climate in Sweden look a bit about who the Sweden Democrats are and see how big an issue that is when you're trying to consider Asa Base. Now Asa Base have not advocated for the Sweden Democrats let's be clear about that. In Sweden and in most Nazi movements or far right movements there is a tradition where they encourage the formation or at least the absorption of musical projects as a way to recruit Okay, this is a long-standing thing, and the Sweden Democrats are no exception to that. Uh, That was the case with Ulf's earlier band as well. Is that in any way the case with Ace of Base. Hopefully we'll come to some, some sort of decision on that. Okay, so who are the Sweden Democrats and what was the status of the far right in Sweden? As you say, the Sweden Democrats now are a fairly, I say mainstream, only in so much as they have a considerable share of the vote. They are extremely right of centre. Would it be like UKIP or something? Yeah, I'm, I, I think, or I have to be really, it's maybe closer to the likes of... Uh, Liga Norte in Italy or maybe even uh, Golden Dawn in Greece Mm -hmm. maybe akin to that but there may be some Swedes that are appalled at me saying that that's the impression I get Mm -hmm. is that they're UKIP definitely but the right flank of UKIP Mm -hmm. Um, but let's let's talk about it a bit Um, Nazi parties in Sweden we should be clear have never really been able to secure strong support or representation in truth the vote tally has actually been quite pitiful over the years Um, the Nazi movement began there in the 1920s uh, and had loads of fragmented groups that failed to unify however as a Nazi movement it was noted as being particularly strongly anti-Semitic in nature I know it seems daft because Nazis are anti-Jewish but some Nazis are more Mm anti-Jewish you know vehemently Mm anti-Jewish than others Mm mm-hmm I mean, that was even the case in the, the, the Second World War and with the people around Adolf Hitler. There were some that absolutely despised the Jews. And there were others that were sort of like, well, we just use that as a device to win votes. Do you know, mm-hmm. and they were quite ambivalent about it, really. It, it was sort of, was it realpolitik mm-hmm. to them? Um, the modern day 
moderate party in Sweden actually began life as the rightist party and, and they were initially impressed by Hitler's violent suppression of opposition uh, and they sought to enact similar tactics. I mean, clearly the moderate party has since rebranded and shifted to become a liberal conservative party. It's interesting in Scotland, it's not in any way <laughs> a similar trajectory, but the SNP, Scottish National Party, because it's a nationalist party, people from other countries with very little understanding of the situation here seem to assume that it must be a right-wing party when that's absolutely not the case. The Scottish Nationalist Party is a left-of-centre party. Uh. Okay, yeah, economically, maybe very centrist on some, but when it comes to things like LGBTQ rights, immigration, they are very much a left-wing party. Parties do move. We all know, I'm sure, that the, the Republicans were the ones that you know repealed slavery and uh, Abraham Lincoln was a member of the Republican Party and they have since become quite odious. Uh, Repealing abortion acts, etc. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, on, on the other side of that, you know, the Democrats, initially the Southern Democrats, have now moved much further left. So mm-hmm. parties migrate over years. Um the rightist party had originally birthed the Swedish National Youth League. Uh, there was a schism in 1938 as huge portions of Swedish Nazis broke with Hitler. Obviously, people started to see what was actually happening in Germany, and, and some of them formed the SSS, the Swedish Social Coalition, which replaced the, the swastika with a sort of benign bushel of wheat on their flag. You can still see that some places. The movement was very low-key following the Second World War, for obvious reasons, uh, given what emerged from 1943 onwards and what people started to see. Um, That lasted until the appearance of the Nordic Reich Party, uh, originally founded as the National Socialist Combat League of Sweden in 1956. The Swedish record during World War II was fairly ignominious. Um, I think despite being neutral, it supplied substantial materials to Germany. It maintained a severe policy towards refugees with a special focus on Jews. Mm. Um, that attitude softened in 1943 as word of Nazi atrocities and genocide started to spread. As the, the reality reached people post-war, the Swedish Nazi party rebranded as the New Swedish Movement to try and distance itself from the German Nazis. However, it is known to have helped smuggle out Nazis, collaborators and shelter many Swedish volunteers to the Waffen-SS. Um, the 1980s was when the Swedish far-right became resurgent, when Nazi skinhead gangs uh, augmented by youth and bikers. Uh, the most notorious was VAM, V-A-M, Vit Arisk Modstand, or White Aryan Resistance. Uh, no direct relation to the American White Aryan Resistance. Um, another group, the National Socialist Front, was formed in 1994. On Hitler's birthday, by the way, it features a yellow swastika on a blue backdrop, which is actually quite weird to see because the pale blue with the yellow are such mild colours. And then you're looking at a symbol mm-hmm. that you're used to seeing and in this black and red, black and, and red, mm-hmm. and white, and mm-hmm. it's it's quite odd, a weirdly neutered hate symbol. Um, that latter group have been particularly vocal defenders of Mel Gibson, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't like the shit that he took for Passion of the Christ as well. An attempt by that party to raise funds via robbery uh, to start a militant underground Nazi organisation stalled in May 1999 following what was known as the Marixand murders, which was the murder of two police officers following a series of heists in a town of that same name. By the way, as an aside, while we're talking about all this Nazi activity in Sweden, did you know that the author Stig Larsson was like a hardcore anti-Nazi campaigner? Wow. No, I did not. Yeah, did he not. was really, really invested in it. 
Anyway, as we mentioned, uh, beyond just his early years uh, and the band, Ulf was repeatedly linked to that fairly notorious political party, the Sweden Democrats. But who and what are they? Um, They self-describe as social conservative with a nationalist focus. Uh, They are described by others as simply being anti-immigration, anti-Islam especially, and far-right. The party has denounced fascism in recent years and claimed absolutely no Nazi connections despite the fairly open allegiances of their founders, because they were formed in 1988 at the merger of the Bevara Sverigesvenskt, which means Keep Sweden Swedish, and the Swedish Progress Party. For example, the first party auditor in 1988, Gustav Ekström, was a literal Waffen-SS veteran. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it's not a subtle connection. No. In 2018, uh, the Sweden Democrats earned 17.5% of the vote. So they've got 62 seats in the Swedish Parliament, the the Riksdag, becoming the third biggest party. Uh, That's a source of great concern for a lot of Swedes. Mm. In what was, as we mentioned in the the first part of the show, a traditionally liberal, soft socialist country. And we should also disambiguate here, just for newbies, this is definitely not the Swedish Socialist Democratic Party. That's the country's largest party. That is not the Sweden Democrats. There is a distinction, Mm -hmm. albeit the names are a bit similar. Um, The Sweden Democrats was thus really founded by Nazis, and active members still maintain connections with contemporary hate groups. Mm -hmm. Around that time of their forming, uh, Commit Suicide disbanded in 86 and the core member, that Anders Klarström that we mentioned, was convicted of illegal firearms possession as well as sending death threats to a Jewish theatre director. There are also explicit musical connections to Sweden Democrats and their activism, even in the early days, as the party itself promoted concerts like Rock Against Communism, which we spoke mm-hmm. about in the last part of the yep. show, uh, to bolster recruitment and profile, to really get into kids' lives, to get that chance to seed their message with these young people. Many early members also claimed to have been switched on to the party via the aforementioned Viking rock band Ultima Thule. Whom the party helped promote fairly regularly and Ultima Thule claimed to not be fascist, to not be Nazis, but they have a hell of a lot of overlap, such as the compilations have appeared on, the mm-hmm. bands have shared stages with, the records they've put out. So, with Ulf's past transgressions and links to the far right fairly well established at this point, in their case against them, the Vice article, to me, needlessly overreaches at one point. It mentions that Ekberg is also an active member of the German Marshall Fund's Asia Programme think tank. Right, So if you do read this about them, I, I think it's important to address this point because I just think it's a ridiculous and unnecessary thing for Vice to include. The quote says, Keep in mind the GMF was formed in the spirit and named after the Marshall Plan, the post-World War II US-led economic incentive programme geared towards preventing the spread of Soviet communism and opening up recovery nations to democracy. Now Vice mentions that as though the fact that he was involved in a programme that's anti-communist is incriminating. Now I agree that it does somewhat form a pattern of anti-communist sentiment but you have to be really careful saying anti-communist sentiment doesn't equate to Nazism because the GMF has been advocating against extremism all over the political map including against Donald Trump. Guest speakers have included Pete Buttigieg just really recently and he's hardly a radical guy. But is it not that that GMF is that what what the initials are? GMF Mm -hmm. but is it not that that GMF is 
taken its name from the Marshall Plan. It's not like it is the Marshall Plan, if, if I understood that. Yeah, the German Marshall Fund. I mean, it's it's there to advocate against the spread of communism, but in doing that... It's part of the heritage of, of that yeah. initial thing that happened after that's such a tenuous... It's like, pretty tenuous. So it's just it, another... So it's, uh, the way that I understood it, it's just another neoliberal think tank. Aye. Yeah. Essentially. And mm-hmm. the thing is, though, they're, they're opposed to a variety of extremism. They came out strongly against Donald Trump, who's certainly not communist. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, yes, they are broadly opposed to communist policies. So am I. Mm-hmm. Big whip. He's certainly not a fucking Nazi. So I just don't understand why that's in there. To me, that brought into question the author uh-huh. of that Vice article yeah. and their intent. It's such a spurious connection. It undermines what I think are some other more interesting points that the article makes. I don't know why it's there. So to fast forward today, uh, Ulf Ekberg is, by his own description, a visionary leader and an eminent businessman, as well as still being in the band Ace of Base. Did you notice it's done a couple of rebrands? They changed members. I think Lynn left, Jenny got uninvited, disinvited. I think she basically, they started recording without her and she didn't know or something. Oh, yeah. They recruited two younger women to the band. I think they changed the name to Ace.of.base. Mm-hmm. I don't know where the name is at right now. I don't know what. Was that because of like legal le- le- overlaps? Le- right. Yeah, um, because at one point legal. Jenny tried to set out in a solo career. I think, I think she she booked like a 1,200-seater hometown show and only sold 12 tickets in advance, Ouch. which is brutal. Mm-hmm. She then started touring on those kind of um, legacy tours mm-hmm. as Jenny from Ace of Base, mm-hmm. you know, those kind of ones that mm-hmm. we've targeted so often. Um the other sister I read didn't really cope very well with fame yeah. and had like bad anxiety and stuff like that and I think just eventually just couldn't do it yeah, anymore. Yeah, she stepped away from it. Uh, she's a teacher, is she not? Is she the one that's the main vocalist? No, that was Jenny. Right. Ulf actually spoke to the press in 2006 and happened, I wonder why, to mention that Lynn was now studying Jewish at university. <laughs> 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 right, okay. <laughs> and I also but I also saw it written that Ulf's current wife is Jewish as well. I wonder who leaked that to the press. I know. <laughs> if that's it goes, true. It's like back to your Mike Love talking about how many ethnic friends he has, you know. Um so yeah, Ulf's still an ace of base. He actually was caught in the tsunami of two thousand and survived it. And, and set up a, a number of like charity initiatives after that. Because he's a Nazi robot. Um, probably <laughs> his greatest sin. At Cannes in 2006, he hung out with Marilyn Manson and went with Marilyn Manson and sat with him to watch Dita Von Teese's strip show. Oh, he must be a shite bag. <laughs> supporting his wife, leave him alone. <laughs> and, uh, supporting her then. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, absolute Bobby Dazzler of a fact, Ulf's next door neighbour when he lived in Marbella was Sean Connery. Smashing. Mm. They were mates. <laughs> Meech. Meech. I wonder mate. if we shared the same Ish opinion on how we shot up a woman. I <laughs> saw <Connor>. the shine. <laughs> I saw the shine and it opened up my mind. Um, okay. So all of that considered, the fun soundbite of Ace of Base or Nazis begins to look a lot flimsier, I think. Mm-hmm. We have highlighted some inconsistencies, but it's looking pretty shaky. As someone who has, I would say, gleefully... Parroted. Let's use the word parroted. Parroted. <laughs> gleefully parroted, gleefully trumpeted. That idea, on a number of occasions, is my, my hot take. Mm-hmm. I'm very mindful of having contributed to something that 
might be an unfair reputation. Disinformation? Aye. Um, a useful idiot, some might say. <laughs> and at the very least, refusing to let a guy make amends for his misspent yes. youth. I think that, for me, would be shameful. If this, mm. you know, people have to be allowed mm-hmm. to, to, to change. Definitely. To, to make amends. Uh, so, therefore, in the interest of fairness, I feel like we should pressure test the case against the allegations before we actually, the three of us, look into the music and parse the lyrics a bit and try to come to some of our own conclusions. So, to rebut the Vice article of 2013. In a 2018 blog on musical meaning as messages or why Ace of Bass probably aren't Nazis, Dr. Stephen Gamble, a pop music researcher, summarises one of the central issues of all of this nicely. He says, Given that Ace of Bass's keys player and singer Ulf Ekberg was in a skinhead punk group as a teenager, is it fair to say this gives the band ties to the neo-Nazi movement as well as beliefs that they develop upon in Ace of Bass's material? That's kind of getting at it. Are mm-hmm. they still on that? Is that an episode in the guy's past or are they still... Is it a covert operation? Yeah, exactly. So the, the first part of that is irrefutable, right? Even if there remains some disagreement regarding the extent to which Ulf was fully mm-hmm. given over to the Nazi ideology, I think, personally, I tend to think he probably was. Yes. He desperately wants to play that down. Flashback records don't want to let him. But he has said it's nauseating and things like he that has, as well. He has, mm-hmm. yeah, and he's totally... Example change. So, so how about the second part of that comment? Did they develop these beliefs further in Ace of Base? Dr Gamble sardonically muses on some of the assumptions that lie behind this entire debacle. And I picked a few from the list. He says, uh, the album name, Happy Nation. Core, that's a bit nationalist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, in the eponymous track on that album, there's a chant kind of thing, mixing Latin and Hebrew, which can be translated to some God-fueled genocidal text. What's the actual translation? Oh, we'll, we'll get to that when <laughs> we do the lyrics. Uh, another <laughs> another allegation that he, he picks out with a very sarcastic tone. Living in danger has some lyrics that appear distrustful of strangers. I uh, think I've written. I think I've written a whole bunch of songs for that. <laughs> <laughs> the album "Happy Nation" was renamed "The Sign" in the states, surely an admission of neo-Nazi guilt. And if we go far <laughs> enough up the chain of record label executives who could have been in charge of this decision, we find Rupert Murdoch, who is a villainous media mogul. That Not refers to, to the that. fact that some people made again the fairly tenuous connection that Festival Records, who put out this album, I, th- I don't know what territory they put it out in. I'd imagine Australia uh, was owned by News Limited and News Limited was Rupert Murdoch's News Corp Mm -hmm. yeah Festival Records ran from like I think it was 1950 to about 2005 interestingly though Festival Records made a lot of money as a record label and Murdoch used the money from Festival Records a huge amount of the money from that to subsidise his media empire as he was trying to develop it it was very useful for him Mm -hmm. I think it became Mushroom Records after that as well shrewd businessman Mm-hmm. You could say that. Um, you could also say yeah, definitely that's another word you would use. Is he a guy trying to like propagate neo-Nazi beliefs? It's probably a bridge. Too I'm far. sure he couldn't even fucking tell you any of the artists on festival records at any point. In <laughs> yeah, fucking, totally. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's pure conspiratorial thinking at its highest level. Um, another one that Dr. Gamble highlights: grunge, supposedly the radio music of the '90s, made people too depressed about their societal realities, whereas Ace of Base offered a danceable alternative based upon racial hatred. <laughs> <laughs> it was going so, so well until the last three months. <laughs> so he's, but I mean, obviously he's very tongue in cheek with all that. And in fairness, I think the ones that he's highlighted there are probably fair game. However, he also picks out this this following quote. 
All That She Wants has some misogynistic lyrics about a woman purportedly leeching off society by wanting a baby which coincides with a person holding a Star of David necklace in the music video. I will say, uh, not to give the game away, I think that one's quite different. Mm -hmm. Uh, The conservatism of that song subject seems quite blatant and I think the significance of equating parasitic social burdens with Jews... If, indeed, that's what the star pendant in the video he's talking about signifies, that's very dark. That's certainly a big if, but it's also far from a ridiculous interpretation. And I think his tone with that is a little bit dismissive. I think his article is actually rife with strawmanning of the case against Ace of Base. Mm-hmm. That's not me saying that the case against Ace of Base is, is waterproof by any means. But he goes too far the other way and strawmans it. It's prudent to at least read it and shine a critical light on some of the more far-fetched leaps Mm -hmm. and claims because we don't want to get carried away. I think one particularly poignant reflection that he made goes as follows. I also feel rather sorry for Ulf. I'm not for a moment excusing expressions of Nazism or racism, but it does appear the main charge he stands accused of is playing in a band with someone who wrote some repulsive lyrics when he was 15 years old. In the documentary, Ulf's band members speak of him falling into bad gangs, and I do think it's worth a degree of open-mindedness or forgiveness for not immediately divorcing himself from the band and the discriminatory lyrics he played some part in performing. It feels rather unfair to reinterpret his error as the basis for further malicious and knowing dissemination of Nazi ideas in Ace of Base. I think that's a really sensible bit of reflection and I think it taps into that idea of is there any room for forgiveness or contrition when somebody owns up to something like that in their past? Not anymore, no. Simply not possible. Aye, no, nowadays, um, it'll be cancelled. Mark, you, you pulled up uh, this point. Uh, he takes issue with Vice's translation of the Latin intro in Happy Nation as On the wings of the eagle, with God's help, I was there before everyone. In the meantime, I will kill you. I was there before everyone. If that was the lyrics of that, it would be a little bit alarming. And, you know, the mm. use of the eagle would be triggering mm-hmm. in a kind of Iron Eagle sense. That eagle aspect does lend itself to Nazi imagery rather conveniently. But other interpretations of that kind of hybrid pig Latin show it to be quite flexible. As he also says, maybe the happy nation is an Aryan utopia, but isn't the video more likely to be received as a testament to inclusion and religious diversity? Because in the video, they have a series of different texts. We'll look at that in a second. You know, different religious scriptures and the origin of the species and all that kind of stuff, okay? Mm -hmm. Um, Dr. Gamble, as I said, takes issue with the negative interpretations of all that she wants, but totally ignores the passages in that about it's not a day for work, it's a day for catching tan, just lying on the beach and having fun. sort of saying that the song is getting at all that she wants is another baby another boyfriend I've tried to listen Uh, to it with that ear on and it temporarily holds up but mm -hmm. the parts about about being work shy she she wants to be work shy and just wants to you know it it seems overly generous if not naive I don't know man I I mean I I would definitely say I was work shy if I wanted to go around shagging people all day like it's fucking I'd rather do that than go to work I mean, Am I the only one? But, but it's been moralistic about it, isn't exactly. it? It's been judgmental. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a strange thing to put in. Like it's, not, it's not a day for work. Mm-hmm. Just a, it's, there is a moralising in it. Mm-hmm. And I think, he put, we'll put it this way, ignoring the negative interpretation would throw cold water on the issue of the star of David being in the accompanying video. The star in the video is really ambiguous. It has six it points. Does. 
but it isn't a traditional sort of lined star as you might see in the Israeli flag. No. Um, there's, you know, it's not got the two intersecting and, uh, equilateral triangles. However, styles and uses of stars of David do really vary, not least in that uh, that same solid style was the one that was compulsory for Jews to wear mm-hmm. under the Nazis. That's That solid style is not incongruous with uses of stars of David in history. I watched that video when you brought that up the other day and I thought, right, I'll take it out. I mean, do you really think that they were putting that in there as a symbolism of Jews? To me, it's, it just seems incidental or... It's a cheap piece of jewellery. The song is about a cheap woman is how they're they're talking about her anyway, right? Um, somebody that's easy or whatever. It's just part of that paraphernalia. There's also a lyric in that song that's like, beware of what is flashing in her eyes, which is like borderline kind of like supernaturally kind of witchy. So like star necklaces and things like that seem to me to be more a doobie women. Do you have a lot of six-pointed star jewellery? Um, no, I don't. I don't. And it's, I mean, I it, don't. it's repeatedly in the video. And I, I know that there's somebody fondling it and it's, there's a close up to it. I know, I know, I know what you're saying, but I just, I don't know. It's exactly, it's not conclusive. No. But it's interesting. It seems, for me, it seems a little incongruous just the way that the sign would be used. So, haha, the sign. Um, so, for example, if the song is about someone that just wants to sit around getting money off benefits all day, then that's the exact opposite of what Nazis think Jews do. Maybe hoarding I, I wealth think, and you know, all that kind of thing. Uh, it's like the exact opposite. I have to say, I don't think the far right are known for their consistency of opinion. You know, the Jews are both the evil manipulators of world and parasites and rats. You know, mm. to them, so they're not. There's, there's parasitic. No, mm. th- th- it's not a logical thought process. It's, it. You can find plenty of Nazi literature to back up either version, and indeed some Nazi literature that backs up both in the same you know, paragraph, they are often derided as parasites of the state. So that that part of it, that association is somebody that I'm unfortunately quite familiar with various disparaging views on that. And that is definitely, whilst, yes, I do agree, the majority opinion is that, you know, Jews are controllers of world banks and stuff like that. You know, it isn't a huge stretch. But as I say, it's inconclusive. Mm-hmm. But it's it's unusual. It's unusual that there's suddenly a six-pointed star that features very prominently in the video in a song about a woman that I would suggest the lyrics very much lean towards she's a a welfare queen, basically. Uh I also think like in the 90s you just did have a lot of pretentious music videos that had affectations in them and different things that you could read in lots of stuff into them, but it was really just nonsense. Oh, that's it. I mean, you, you we're finding like faces in the wood. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. We're finding Jesus yeah. in the crisp. Mm-hmm. <laughs> semiotics, isn't it? Really? It all yeah. comes down to semiotics into the day, doesn't it? So, mm-hmm. um, I think scepticism in Doctor Gamble's rebuttal piece is useful, but it's really it's obvious determination to belittle the cracked article in particular leads it to misinterpret the allegations against Ace of Base at a, a, a few points. And it's not that hard to belittle the cracked article, really. It's a pretty stupid piece of well, writing. Cracked is a stupid website, though, deliberately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the whole point of cracked. So yeah. I think having gone through all this and been as thorough as we can and put up that rebuttal, I, I think we're going to turn our attention to a bit of primary evidence, right? And let's yes. us look at Ace of Base and their lyrics and yes. their messaging. All right? Yes. See, before you go on, I have a question for you, right? Please. Um, so... Say if it is a Nazi, right, and he still has he still harbours these extreme views. Mm-hmm. If he has indeed managed to sneak this in somehow, is it safe to say that you would have to then also argue that the rest of the band also share those views and are complicit entirely in the project? 
It's funny you say that because I've got a whole bit in that. Mm -hmm. So we'll get to that. So, I mean, right off the bat, let's be clear. The vast majority of Ace of Base lyrics are mundane pop fluff. Oh my God. (laughs) So bad. (laughs) Um... The fact that we've given this much time to this band is actually a fucking crime in and of oh itself. Oh my god. <laughs> We're engaged in a meta exercise and, and that's going to be the M. Night Shyamalan? Shyamalan? M. Night Shyamalan, Twist at the end here that this yeah. is all one big meta exercise, but we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, at least the lyrics seem to be fluff without potentially foolish leaps in credulity. And that kind of applies to their entire catalogue, not just the sign slash Happy Nation, that first album. I mean, is anybody really suggesting that after gaining success, uh, Ulf and the band were willing to risk their fame and their riches for the sake of like slipping in, you know, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, Nazi references? Is that a serious proposition? I mean, it it doesn't seem like many of any people are saying it went beyond the first album. It seems like the main focus of this is Happy Nation and the sign which technically came after the first album and then was added to it but you know what I mean it's mm-hmm. a, it seems like that's the focus it's just that it's interesting and funny and curious that there's a part of pop culture that may or may not be sitting there right in front of us and actually has a really odious origin story that we're just not aware of mm. and we you know because then it wouldn't be fulfilling its purpose because even the people that would that want are looking for like <laughs> Nazi messages wouldn't be able to get it because it's so subtle do you know what I mean like yeah. If if it is, it's not explicit enough to be effective. Yeah, and that's that's <laughs> another angle, totally. I mean, so what we're really focusing on are the early stages of the career, when it seems plausible uh, that Ulf still clung on to some early ideas, even if he was in the process of drifting away from them and the movements, as I'm sure many young men have. I'm sure it's not something that you drop overnight or, well, no. That's not strictly true. Some people probably do have a eureka moment. If you're a teenager, say, for sure. Yeah, so mm-hmm. others quite probably slowly soften their stance. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that, that whole kind of trope of they suddenly get, uh, you know, an African-American neighbour that they, mm-hmm. they get on great with. They and, see the sign. Yeah, mm-hmm. they, yeah. Or you turn 15, start sort of voting Tory, mm-hmm. you know. Well, it's, it go the other way, mm-hmm. yeah, it's more common. Um, is it outrageous to think that some of those ideas, if they were there, made it onto some of the songs? No, it's not outrageous. Mm-hmm. Um, perhaps without the awareness of the band, uh, perhaps with the full approval of the band, they could get on there. Perhaps... If they did get on there, it was via simple acquiescence by the other members of the band. But we will get to that because I have the Ace of Base album behind you. Mm. And when you read the sleeve notes, you find out that Ulf didn't write any of the lyrics, Mm. according to the sleeve notes. That brings another level of potential conspiracy Mm. just to make this work. Um, There are a variety of curious lyrics that could feed into a wider dog whistle narrative. Yeah, Uh, Equally, the odd wording could also be attributed or could be hidden behind language barriers. Mm-hmm. You know, some of the clumsy, odd use of certain phrases could be the barrier thing. I know from experience, just because people have grown up with English as a second language, they don't always get it. No, true. Know? Especially but when it comes to tons of phrase. They mm-hmm. are very fluent. So is my brother-in-law. I know, but being <laughs> fluent and being accurate, like perfect, are two different things. Being fluent is about communicating communicating successfully but uh, communicating like accurately or getting like you say idioms and things like that that's that's a different thing you can be fluent and make grammatical errors you can be fluent and use strange word order or whatever and you're still getting your message across do you know what I mean and you also need to understand as well which is something that needs to come into context is like they'll still spend most of their life speaking Swedish to each other 
they're not they're not going around speaking English to each other. It's just not happening. It's yeah. important to remember though that Swedes don't speak English the same way that you know the Spanish or the French speak English, where many of them can, but it's not a regular thing. Mm-hmm. As I mentioned, there is a movement there to reclassify it as a second language. Yes, I, I, people are using it not just it's not just that they're learning it in school from an early age; they're using it out and about. They're they're watching Hollywood movies mm-hmm. in English yeah. regularly. They're watching TV shows in English. It, it, it's a very common usage. So yeah. they are very fluent. Yes, there's also room to hide behind that oh yeah oh, that's just the language barrier we fucked it up who knows um, yes, we have to be cautious <laughs> we have to be cautious not to get too paranoid and conspiratorial obviously um, to me it kind of pays to focus most on three particular tracks that I think contain the most interesting messages but there are other odds and sods scattered around their catalogue so we'll go through a few of them one that jumps right out is the song Young and Proud This one is very curious and uses language absolutely not at home in your average pop song. Mm-hmm. There's there's phrases marching destiny, we are united. There are loads of rallying cry pop songs mm-hmm. in the history of pop music, okay, appealing to rebellion. They're not rallying kids to fight the power, you're not it's not Rage Against the Machine. This is a rallying cry given some of the, the background of some of this band, their political associations. What is it a rallying cry for? How else can you interpret it? I mean, they've got a line in it, no matter what you say, no matter what you do, we are united. Young and proud, young and proud, we are marching on the same side of destiny, on the same side of destiny. That's odd for a pop song. It is odd for a pop song, right? No doubt about it, right? But at the same time, I just thought there was quite a... There was a couple of songs, actually, where it was... What I took from it was more a kind of idealism. Do you know what I mean? More of a kind of 90s kind of search for utopia, idealism, equality that doesn't really exist. Um... Well, that's kind of concurrent, concurrent with a lot of dance tracks as well mm-hmm. that have the same kind of high energy, kind of trancey sort of I, 90s yeah, dance pop. I am, I'm going it. to gently disagree. Young and free, young and alive, but young and proud. This again comes down to their fluency in English and we can't know that. But I think the use of young and proud is quite loaded. Pride, proud. That's a that's a loaded word. That's not young. It's not the flippant throwaway mm. fun techno. Young and free, young at heart. It's not. It's not all mm. that. It's young and proud. And to then follow it with, we are marching. Marching is obviously quite evocative. On the same side of destiny, that is also really evocative. And and look, mm. I know. Again, I, I'm, I'm seeing the, the, the Virgin Mary and a bit of toast, but that is unusual wording. It really is mm-hmm. unusual wording, especially for a pop song. Can we Did agree on that? Is, yeah. I would agree it's unusual, but I, I think you I mean, I disagree with you. I think you're reaching. That doesn't mm-hmm. evoke, that none of that evokes anything right wing to me. Mm-hmm. Sorry, mate. But. I have to say, yeah, I think I'm more with Mark on that one. I think there are a lot of kind of, like you say, trancy rave tracks even that have got that kind of sci-fi futuristic idealism kind of feel to them. I'll, I'll be honest, 
if we're giving that song a pass, for me, that song only plausibly gets a pass if it if it's a second language based mm-hmm. lost in translation. I don't think what you guys are saying is realistic. If that is written from a fluent English speaker, if we make that assumption, you do not write we are marching on the same side of destiny. I wouldn't write that in a fucking punk song, let alone in a pop song. That to me is odd. So if we give them the benefit of the doubt that their English is flawed, that is, gets a pass for me. But well, I don't think it, it gets a pass on any other basis. The reason it sticks in my throat is because we, we not, the, the logical conclusion of this argument is that they're all Nazis, all four of them. Is that true, Jenk? Let's find out. Living in danger. I mean, this one seems kind of more generally disaffected as a song. Many folk, including aforementioned folk, have picked up in the line, I see lies in the eyes of a stranger, um, especially since it's soon followed by you'll be living in danger. It's not overt, but, you know, since there is no question that we've spent the vast majority of his youth campaigning against immigration and for the purity of Swedish culture, I suppose to, to some it isn't a huge leap to make those connections, even if it is speculative. is not recorded as having written these lyrics that's what I'm saying we'll come back to that yeah we'll come back to that but even if we just assume this is the voice of the band okay let's put it that way for Mm -hmm. a moment I see lies in the eyes of a stranger you'll be living in danger I'm not sure that to me is far less triggering or suspicious Um, that could be like a one night stand People are the you same. I mean? People are the same today as they used to be. The same expectations, so high, no one can reach that high. Nor I, nor you, get satisfied today. We'll never get enough. I see lies in the eyes of a stranger. What? I look into the eyes of a stranger. You'll be living in danger. It's odd, but it's not. It, it doesn't set any alarm bells ringing for me. It's shite as well. You know, the, yeah. it's bad <laughs> sure that their is. first uh, band was called Techno Noir because, Tech-noir. like, Techno Noir. Oh, Techno Noir. Oh, well, it, it is kind of. Noir, some of their music, don't you think? Like that when that guy said it was like a dancey upbeat something. I I don't think I don't think the vast majority of their songs oh, is, is up. No, some it's pretty downbeat. Yeah, it's like pretty that would, down. That like that, happy yeah. nation mm-hmm. for starters. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, Wheel of Fortune, another incongruous one for a pop song. Fittingly, the most incongruous mm-hmm. line arrives a bit like the stab of a knife as well. It's like just there's this line that's just sudden and totally against the musical grain. It's incredibly vague and it takes a lot of contortion to see it as any sort of far right message. Hey you, we're going to make your move. It tastes like steel, like a stab from a knife. Given, in the context of the rest of the song it's a really odd lyric but it's just a really odd lyric it's a violent image that is that strikes me as quite odd mm-hmm. yeah yeah and in, in, in a pop tune as well yeah a reggae pop tune what, what does it even mean and they do a lot of reggae don't they uh-huh. it's kind of 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Makes me feel a bit sick, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it means, but it's a, it's an odd one. So let's let's move on. Waiting for magic. Um, this one, by the way, I think is really oh, interesting. Piano house. Right, so waiting for magic. <laughs> <laughs> you said piano house. Yeah. yeah. What's that? It's the house the music genre. with a piano. Oh, yeah. oh shit. Okay. <laughs> I, I think in that song, weirdly, the mention of coffin of glass made me instantly think of Lenin, Lenin's tomb, oh, and my. the communist connection here would be on brand for anybody sort of singing about the far right. Uh, the title "Waiting for Magic" and the first line also seem to suggest someone where you know the character has got a fantastical, unrealistic, as- aspirational way of thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a bit of a stretch, but equally, the words are really bizarre in any other context. I would just ask how else would we read them even if we were being generous so it goes a man of the world but lost in a dream you look at something from a different angle but I exist I'm waiting for you in a coffin made of glass and the song's called Waiting for Magic and Snow White or like Cinderella or something like that in a coffin made of glass Jeremy it- Bentham is in a coffin made of glass as well you can still go see his corpse mm. How, I mean, <laughs> even in a generous mindset, why do you include in a coffin made of glass? Well, because they're asleep and they're waiting, for, you know, everybody thinks they're dead and they're waiting for somebody to come and kiss them alive, do the magic. I don't know. Maybe a man just, of the world but lost in a dream. Maybe it just sounds cool. But how would you read that, a man of the world but lost I, in a dream? I mean, I think dream? the song is a sort of sarcastic musing on Lenin and communism. Ah, right, okay. Doesn't make them Nazis, but I think it's... It's incredibly highbrow for a pop band. <laughs> I saw Chairman Mao in his coffin, he was tiny. Was he? Ah, he's prob- probably probably lost quite a lot of water weight. <laughs> 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 Would imagine, yeah. Kicked him in his wee desiccated dick. Um, all right, so for a bit of balance, so to illustrate the throwaway dumb pop guff that's found elsewhere, dancer in a daydream—that's a belter. Come and be a dancer, dancing to my daydream, join me in my daydream, wet and wild. Come and be a dancer, dancing to my daydream, join me in the jungle, wet and wild. This is at the point where I started skipping tracks, I have to say. I was <laughs> like, fucking this is an absolute boring. pounding, in it? Uh, and even better, my mind. Uh, Ace of Bass is in your mind. Yo, dance. Everyone, everywhere, everyone, everywhere. Ace of Bass is in your mind. It's actually oh. remarkable how some of these songs go absolutely fucking nowhere. Yeah. But I have to do. They have got a point. They were in my mind quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. that, that's, that, that is proper, like, fucking 90s dance. It's pish. Right? Oh, inane. It's, yeah, it's inane. So, and we mentioned this about is this just a first album thing? Their second album, 1995, The Bridge. Track title, Never, Never Gonna Say I'm Sorry. I 
I don't think it's a Nazi thing, but I do think there could be an allusion to, to Ulf sort of being like, well, you know, fuck it, despite the fact that he did mm-hmm. say he was sorry. Um, the track Perfect World. It's not a bad song, that. Really? I thought it was alright, eh? Fucking hell. Maybe, maybe I'd become like fucking. Maybe I'd just been crying. Yeah, I'd totally sideswipe me. I'm saying that. I didn't expect to hear that. <laughs> You know what? It's, it's interesting. Like, yeah, I, I find the, the what's flo- right and wrong anyway. I don't know. <laughs> I'm lost. I, I find the philosopher John Gray quite interesting. I don't necessarily like a lot of what he says, but I think the way he explores apocalyptic thinking in culture is really interesting. I don't mean apocalypse in the sense of things exploding. I mean like apocalyptic thinking and sort of um, millenarian thinking, where ages are coming to an end, mm-hmm. epochs. Uh-huh. Things like that mm-hmm. It's quite fascinating And so this This utopian theme That runs through A lot yeah. of their work Is part of what I think Sets people's Spidey sense Going a little bit Perfect world it, You know the, the lyrics They say the time Has come for us To start again I believe that's true They say the time Has come for us To make amends And I believe that too Why tell me why Is it also hard to find I pray each day For a perfect world I'm using apocalypticism in a very gentle sense here, but that is that is millenarian. That's like let's bring this sorry era to an end mm-hmm. and start again, wipe the slate clean. That's very it's quasi religious. Religious, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. they are they, they did vow themselves as Christian, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I say, that that whole idea, things ending and like a great flood. Do, it, it, it doesn't mean anything to do with the Nazis, but it's odd for pop music. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. If you really want me to show reaching, by the way, the track "Blooming 18 raised my eyebrows because eighteen is A H Adolf Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying that's what this track's Combat about. Combat 18. Combat 18, yeah. all that stuff. You mm-hmm. see 18 in graffiti or you see mm-hmm. uh, 1488. Mm-hmm. You know, you see things, things like that. Is there not yeah. a Dundee Supporters Club that are something 18 now? It's not Combat 18, but it's something and it's Dundee Supporters Club. So, yeah, I'm definitely overreaching. But, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just putting that in there to illustrate. You can find the Virgin Mary on the Burnt Toast if you if you want to. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you do set out to write an innocuous fluffy pop album, why include those weird apocalyptic themes? <laughs> anyway... <laughs> Those are the bits and bobs. Let's get to the big ones. And let's start with my favourite, All That She Wants. Right. Not just done this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did do it, but let's just clarify. As we said, quite plainly, to me, and unapologetically, a song about loose women and single mothers leeching off the state. I 
I reject that idea that another baby is another boyfriend. I've tried listening to it with that, but I'm just, it doesn't feel like it fits. Uh, the video thing does lend the other significance with the star of David. Uh, that was apparently a friend of the band who shot it in her apartment. Um, and the band were sort of part of the setup for the shoot, advising. Make it that way you will. Um, so let's just, for the sake of being completists, include some of the lyrics here. When she woke up late in the morning light, she woke up late. And the day had just begun. She opened up her eyes and thought, oh, what a morning. So there's a bit of glee there because she's mm-hmm. woken up late. And she's like, oh, what a morning. It's not a day for work. It's a day for catching tan. So it's a pure like, ha woke up late. I'm not going to work. I'm catching tan, just lying on the beach and having fun. She's going to get you. So, as you said, there's a pure accusatory moralising to that, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't think you can really get away with that, and then obviously all that she and wants witchery. is... And witchery. The, the second verse here is really clearly about how it's that one, a gentle voice that talks to you won't talk forever. It's all of that, like, she seems gentle and nice, but actually she's evil and she's a witch and she's going to get you, and it's just... Yeah. So, to me, that song just smacks a conservatism. Aye. It doesn't smack of, like, neo-Nazism or that, and, and no. like, although I do think the six-pointed star is troubling in the video in mm-hmm. light of that, I do think the song speaks to just a small-sea conservatism, right? Mm-hmm. The sign. The sign. The fucking sign. The fucking not, video not for actually, this. not actually part of a Happy Nation album, but recorded and meant mm-hmm. to be. Um, it was actually meant to be from a second album, which I think was provisionally titled "The Sign." But then they decided, man, this is this is a cracker. Let's put it on the first one and re-release it as "The Sign" in America. Did you, did you read the story about the song? It was basically the, the, they sent it to the label mm-hmm. and the instrumental version of it, and they liked it a lot. And they were like, "You should, this should, this should be the next single." And they were like, "No, it's the next album." And they had to go away and write the lyrics to it, and that was it. And then the, the two, the two, sorry, the two women singers, um, they actually rewrote the lyrics in the studio as well. Aye, they changed the chords and stuff. And it was, I think, it, it was one of the few songs where it had the two of them singing on it. Mm-hmm. Lynn and Jenny. Oh, mm-hmm. you could tell because their voices are fucking They're identical. Um, <laughs> so the sign on the face of it is often interpreted as being a song about a problematic relationship. With the sign in question, presumably being a, a red flag that could not be ignored. Um, so you can read it in that light. Uh, I saw the sign and it opened up my eyes. I saw the sign. Life is demanding without understanding. I saw the sign. Um, other theories suggest it describes an awakening uh, to a social reality that we would maybe describe as being red-pilled now. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're taking it as a, the negative interpretation of it, the sign is that sort of light bulb eureka moment of like, we're all getting fucked. Take the red pill, see reality, rejecting liberal agendas and tropes, things like that. Um, gaining sudden access to the knowledge that society lies, the race must be saved, conspiracies, you know, how do the lyrics track through that lens? There's not a lot there, but certainly if you're already of the mindset that this band have these kind of like far right ideas, that would be a fairly compelling interpretation. 
Um, I, I thought it was interesting. The single artwork and the video of the sign featuring an Egyptian uh, symbol, actually a combination of Egyptian symbols. It's Ank, Jed, and Waz. All of them superimposed on top of each other. Um, it's actually an, a real amulet that was discovered. That's uh, for geeks. British Museum Index item number EA five four four one two. There'll be a quiz at the end. <laughs> um, I think ironically, actually, that ank symbol has become a popular symbol for extreme black nationalist movements mm-hmm. in the United States, um, who place obviously a lot of significance in purported ancestral Egyptian ties. Um, the relevance of Egyptian mythology to a song that claims to be about relationships isn't clear. That's what I don't get with this one, right? If it was just the lyrics and the sign, as they sort of suggest, was just about, oh, it's a love thing, it's a relationship thing, that would be one thing. But the emphasis that the video and the CDR place on the sign as some kind of literal symbol or omen seems to go against that general explanation. Um, that doesn't track for me either. It doesn't prove anything, but it's curiously inconsistent. Maybe um, it's just because you thought it looked cool. I, I mean, I tend to think this is just like pretentious 1990s appropriation of like Midden, Middle Eastern symbols and things like that, which was, was quite yeah, okay, so there's always that, you know, as I said, there's the kind of PR safety net of, well, it's just cool, it's uh, just an interesting thing. But it is strange that you would have a song called Design that's yeah. meant to be about relationship red flags and it becomes suddenly very literal. What, is that, what does that symbol mean? What are the three, three together taken? What do they mean? The first one, I think, has got something to do with life. I'm it appears, sure. yeah, it's on some flags as well. There's, there's no overtly sinister... No. Associations. Probably the most sinister association was some of the black nationalist movements actually in, mm-hmm. in the USA. That was about the only thing I could find that had a really negative attachment. There, there probably exists some somewhere, but none that are so obvious. However, it is worth saying that Hitler was a big fan. He was very fascinated with Egyptian culture, far, uh, far Eastern culture, Tibetan culture, Indian culture. He was very, very popular there. A lot of the, the, the top Nazis were really into their, their mm-hmm. kind of crypto-fascist sort of symbolism, the runes, and they crept into a lot of stuff. Not, you know, this is getting no. about 10 years again, but no, that, no, no, that no, does but exist. If you're looking for that reading, you, that, that's what you're taking yeah, from it. Yeah, uh, that's yeah. where you would go, probably. I, I think that the sign is again it's all like that quasi religious thing it's like a spiritual awakening or something and like there's bits in the video where it's like a light that shines on yeah. them when they see the sign and all of that and although it's contextualised in the video as a relationship because you've got this pair getting after each other quite passionately in the background while the rest of them do some pretty bad 90s dancing mm-hmm. um, it's kind of it speaks to me more as a kind of general allegory for personal growth and like awakening and things like that yeah so here's here's an interesting one right? and and, and Industry type music producer and blogger called Beasting had a third theory on this one, right? He he pulls out some quotes. I got a new life, you would hardly recognise me, I'm so glad. Could be about closing that book on Ulf's own past, which I guess places it somewhere between the two theories. So the sign and it opened up my mind is actually him leaving his neo Nazi mm-hmm. past. Mm-hmm. Possible. Uh, the the line, how can a person like me care for you? Why do I bother when you're not the one for me? Apparently a friend or someone he looked up to drew him into this, but now he realises that person never really cared for him. So if you're, if you're talking about this from Ulf's perspective, life is demanding without understanding. Instead of understanding for the main character, this could be understanding for immigrants, other people. It's too demanding to hate people all the time. I think that guy Beasting's reflection is that this is neither 
about getting red pilled and drawn into the neo Nazi world, nor is it about actually about a relationship. It's about Ulf's own revelation about his neo Nazi past, and he doesn't want to say that because it's awkward and it sullies the song if people find out that the song is, you know, it's like um, Golden Brown or Perfect Day, you know, mm-hmm. makes it a little bit less applicable to include it in the latest PG rated blockbuster if it's about a guy leaving a neo Nazi group. I don't know. There's maybe something to that. Now, I'm sure that I read that it, it done so well in America and like nine I'd, million. I had no idea that like Americans knew who Ace of Base were and how big they were. Well, there. I was I was saying that Ryan Reynolds was literally singing the sign in one of his most recent movies. There's a part in it where that's a do, gag. Do you know what I read as well? Like you know how Beck, who you guys were talking about recently, he has his own record club where he through his website I believe covers entire albums from start to finish and he almost covered the the album the sign because in the 90s I think he was on a show with Ace of Bass like they played before him and he says he never forgot that performance he was thinking about doing that and then what, sure. for whatever reason it didn't happen but there you go well there's an interesting fact about the sign which we haven't brought up yet is the fact that if he had nothing to do with it at all he didn't write it didn't write it didn't perform on it so, I mean, if it is a... He didn't even perform on it? No, it's like, it's just, it was just the, the, the siblings that performed on it. Didn't produce it either. It's all just credited to Joker. What's his name? Jonas? Aye, Jonas. 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 Yeah. That must have serious implications for the royalties, by the way. I, I would definitely, I imagine it would, right, for sure. But, I mean, if, if this is a Nazi manifesto, then that makes him pretty composite. Yeah. It's, it's an angle. I went and read as well that now there's a lyric in it that's like something like... Under the pale moon, whatever. Oh, but the Joker. A bit of Joker, because the Joker <laughs> says something. What was yeah. the Joker's quote? Dance with the devil under the pale moonlight. <laughs> right, let, let's talk about the third one, the third track that I think is the most interesting. Right. Happy Nation. I thought it was Don't Turn Around. Oh. The, uh, the Aswad <laughs> cover. Yeah. <laughs> Tina Turner cover. Yeah, it's a Tina Turner yeah. cover. I'm being funny. I, Tina Turner version is really good. Aswad one, I know. Yes. I've seen Aswad in Glasgow when I was a wee lassie. <laughs> <laughs> it's so edgy. <laughs> yeah. Right, go for it. <laughs> Happy Nation. I mean, first off, this is a weirdly downbeat white reggae pop tune. It's not particularly happy, is it? The title seems sort of ironic. Um, I think of the three, this is the most compelling uh, in, in the sense of you know a hidden neo-Nazi agenda. It was her third single, released in 92, After All That She Wants, but before the sign. That opening ominous pig Latin chant apparently contains text that seems to incorporate bastardised Hebrew. Is that just paranoid bollocks? I don't know. Um, video contains a lot of religious imagery, including various holy books. Uh, at the one minute mark, you get some runes in the video. At 1.18, a lot is made of this. Along with the line, a man will die, but not his ideas. We also see mm. the origin of the species. Happy nation, living in a happy nation. 
Is that significant? I mean, Darwin died. His ideas survived. Um, but obviously a lot of the ideas in the mm. origin of the species also went to form the bedrock and that's the ideology. And while we're talking about Nazi ideology, a certain other man died and his ideas survived. So, you know, it's curious. Um, the peace sign flashes up a couple of times around 1.50, closely followed by a shot of some very blue eyes. I think it's uh, Jenny and her fucking piercing blue eyes and peace sign, piercing blue eyes and peace sign. But, you know, they're her eyes, which she meant to do. Mm. Scoop them out. Um, talk, talking about apocalyptic things in a, in a bit more of a contemporary interpretation, atomic clouds arrive in that video at two minutes ten. That's a nice touch for a pop tune in it to have atomic explosions going off. That's in the very background. odd. Yeah. Um, during that video as well, we've got shots of zodiacs, Buddhism, Taoism, Latin, Hebrew, Egyptian. Uh, what we know for sure is that the band have made this song or the video for this song at least, but this song by uh, association, very strongly about ideologies and belief systems, right? A variety of them, admittedly, but it's about ideologies and belief systems. And there are also those images of, of apocalypticism. So, from the video, we can at least safely relate the messages and the lyrics to the idea of belief systems, and where does that take us? Um, that opening Latin uh, piece, uh, I can't speak Latin, but Laudate Omnes... Gentes laudate, magnifica in secula, et anima mea laudate, magnificat in secula. The band say this means praise, all people praise, the greatest in all time, and praise my soul, the greatest in all time, yeah. which is very religious. Uh-huh. Um, the Latin is really mangled, definitely, mm-hmm. um, but other translations have suggested it's closer to praise, all people's praise, my soul too glorifies in all centuries, praise it glorifies in centuries I don't really get the significance of that bit I suppose Enya was kind of big <laughs> like not long before but uh-huh. it's a fucking weird bit mm-hmm. it's a weird fucking bit but that's about as much as we can be sure of so some of the lyrics happy nation living in a happy nation where the people understand and dream of perfect man uh, a situation leading to sweet salvation it's very apocalyptic mm-hmm. for the people for the good, for the mankind brotherhood. That's really fucking weird lyrics for a pop song, right? And yeah, I'm getting a bit paranoid. I've got my tinfoil hat on, but that is the most compelling song for me if you're to believe what's said in the Vice article. You know, it's also got Christian allusions, the brotherhood of man, you know, the perfect one, God, you know. Dream of a perfect man. I mean, you're saying it's mm-hmm. Jesus rather than the Aryan Superman. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Ideas by man and only that will last. And over time, we've learned from the past that no man's fit to rule the world alone. A man will die, but not his ideas. By any measure, this is a fucking strange song. It's really yeah. odd. Mm-hmm. I think the lyrics of this song have a lot to answer for in terms of if this band are pissed off at the shit they took, it's like, guys. What the fuck are you smoking when you wrote this fucking pop tune? These are really odd lyrics. When you marry these to a band, it's called Ace of Bass, and there is a thing called the Bass of Aces. When you marry these to a band that has another video which has six-pointed stars that talk about women leeching off the state. When you marry these to a band where the guy was in a neo-Nazi group and the other member of that neo-Nazi group founded the Sweden Democrats and 
the, the, <laughs> there's so many mm-hmm. different mitigating circumstances. Zooming out, they do seem quite suspicious, especially taken together. Yeah. However, when you go in and analyse them individually, they they start to kind of get knocked down one by one. They start to look a bit flimsy. But this song plays a big part in that for me. The main person that's writing these songs is Jonas, right? Yeah. Yeah, right. He's he's the main one that's writing them. I think rather than trying to find if the narrative fits Ulfa, um, it would be more interested to find out where that guy Jonas was coming from and what his affiliations were and that kind of thing. Because it's his lyrics at the end of the day, isn't it? So so this is the thing, right? And this is we've actually slowly brought that more into the conversation. What this suggests uh, is one of a few things. The attribution of the lyrics to Jonas and in one track, uh, Lynn and Jenny, suggests that before the album even came out, if uh, Ulf had indeed injected a bunch of neo-Nazi lyrics into this, the band knew that. And decided to conceal that with a layer of conspiracy where Ulf wouldn't even take credit just in case that tipped people off. Jonas would take credit. I mean, that seems like bullshit. That's like, that's that, a hell of a leap. That's man. a hell of a yeah. leap. And that, to believe that they went to that length is mental, frankly, mm-hmm. right? It would impact on royalties as well, which would. It would, yeah. Because yeah. mm-hmm. on the flip of that, that, if we're going to stick with the neo Nazi agenda thing, the whole band were in on it, or at least complicit is that these lyrics were a collective mindset and if the lyrics do indeed refer to neo-Nazi things then the band refers to neo-Nazi things and I think for some of the writers of the articles that's the holy grail that not just Ulf was a, an established neo-Nazi he was just the one that was easy to track down that the others were actually neo-Nazis and that's why the lyrics don't need to be attributed to Ulf because they were all on the same page in these things and I think those people that think that would probably point to the fact that they shared a practice room and they tolerated his beliefs back mm-hmm. then and they knew what was all about and they knew about the ties to Sweden Democrats and they just went along with it that is the other thing because the third option is just that there's really nothing to this. Correlation is not causation mate. Exactly. <laughs> so in terms of what are Jonas's beliefs I don't really know. Jonas has no, never been particularly outspoken Yeah and that's the thing like he might just have his own ideas about you know themes that he likes to explore and his own personal he ideology he could be a conservative but uh, a lot of these lyrics you can you could interpret to fit different political ideologies or it could be re- religious I don't know but I think that that's probably a more likely explanation for it, it mm. reflects what his thoughts and feelings so if I was to summarise where I ended up after all this research and all this listening and all, all these different viewpoints and, and trying to be objective about it, I mean, personally, I'm a little annoyed at my own wholehearted embrace and trumpeting of the Ace of Base or Nazis patter. As I said, we're all vulnerable to a hot take. I was definitely getting a bit too excited about that, having not really pressure tested it. Um, it's all right, man. <laughs> I don't feel too bad about it. <laughs> no, but, but I think I, I was saying about this being a secret meta narrative. Yeah. I think what this is teaching us is that. All of us, even smart artists like me that like to think they're well read, are vulnerable to getting caught up spreading things about mm-hmm. people when, and I'm not saying they're definitely not, because I don't know, I, I'm i just saying that I don't know for sure that they are, and yet I'm quite happy to say it, without even a caveat. Mm-hmm. Um on reflection, there is a fair amount of blurring of the lines and papering over the cracks, especially when it comes to Ulf and the Sweden Democrats, I think, and omitting things like Klarstrom. Um, 
Yeah. That suggests to me that the band's early years weren't quite as innocent as they suggest. Doesn't mean they're neo-Nazis, but I think they probably are a bit like, oh shit, we got away with that a wee bit. I think Ulf very possibly did still harbour some extreme views in the early years. I think that's probably normal if you're drifting away from such a radical mindset. And is it possible that a few of those views poked through? Yeah. It could, it could be, especially in the music videos. He didn't write lyrics, but he could have had a hand in, in some of that. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. Um, I don't think the band expected to become an international Trojan horse for neo-Nazism. I think that'd be a crazy amount of foresight if they did. I, I think it's unlikely that Ulf wanted to embark on some grand scale Aryan pop project, frankly. Um, I don't get the impression they're in any way of that mindset now, even if they maybe had remnants of it, or he maybe had remnants of it in the early days, it does genuinely seem, and it seems very logical as well, that that would be long since behind them. I do think that some of the lyrics, especially in this album, suggest a slightly, if not just a slightly, a fairly conservative mindset. It's conservative, it definitely is. I think there's a conservative mindset, and Mm -hmm. that's about the only thing I can say I'm fairly confident to allege, is that they have a conservative mindset, so that's them and Phil Collins. Um, (laughs) Kay Bush, Yeah, at one point. What um, also, from, from the meta point of view, I want to highlight at the end of this, if you, the listener, stuck with this all this way, is that it, it really emphasises the importance of people being able to apologise and move on with their lives. People have been able to make amends and own up to things and forgiveness. It's not and, possible anymore, man. Yeah, I know. And, I know. And, <laughs> and what I'm saying is I was in my own way a small part of that. Even yeah. if I, I had no real right to have an, an, a first-hand opinion on this, but I was just, you know, that's what these guys are. That guy was that, and he spent his whole life trying to shake it, and it wasn't right at the time, mm-hmm. but he's moved on a lot, and his his life is a completely different life from the life of a 15-year-old boy that was wearing swastika t-shirts, mm. and yeah. yet, because it makes for clickbait, and because it's, it's useful in the press, and it's titillating, and it is, I'm proof of that, uh, people have held him back in that time in his life and he's like what am I meant to do to get away from that I, I feel bad about that without great leaps of credulity I don't see any real evidence for people saying that Ace of Base are a, are a neo-Nazi or even a far right band I think Ulf did himself no favours by trying to like brush over certain things that were awkward details he'd have been as well just being as transparent as possible and I think they probably have a conservative mindset but other than that I probably need to give myself a bit the boys, which I'll do as soon as we stop recording. However, I can conclusively say that Ace of Bass's music is shite. Oh, yes, that's yeah. exactly it. It's like they don't deserve criticism for the fact that they were apparently all Nazis or whatever, but they deserve criticism for plenty of other things, not least drums that sound like the samples off of a Yamaha keyboard. Probably and, was. <laughs> uh, probably was, yeah. And writing misogynist songs about women having casual sex. They deserve criticism for that, I think. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So, I think, it's an in- <laughs> I think it's an interesting psychological exercise that people have tried very hard to try and make the square peg fit the round hole all the time, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Yes, I mean, there are, there are things we know are true. If was an Nazi at some point, they're perhaps conservative. Fine. Those two things exist. Yeah. They don't need to, they don't need to yeah. meet, you know, they just mm-hmm. don't have to. And it comes back to the whole, th- it was a question that often come up, often came up for me whenever I'm like reading a book, particularly it's literature, but I guess it happens with films and in all kinds of mediums as well. Cause it has come, it does come down to semiotics and interpretation of signs, <laughs> the sign, you know, um, ultimately it is possible to overinterpret, you know, 
people be doing it with Shakespeare for fucking so long, right? Mm-hmm. And it does happen. These these guys are definitely not Shakespeare. <laughs> not even going to fucking not even going to even make anywhere close to that kind of evolution. But it does happen, and sometimes. If you want to really make that fucking story, that clickbait article work for you, man, you need to go down the fucking rabbit hole and draw some tenuous conclusions, you know? It is interesting to also realise that, especially in the case of the cracked article, that was a really thoroughly irresponsible piece of journalism. That's what they do. Not just an interesting, cool bit of pop trivia, but potentially. It, It just was irresponsible, even if he was by accident lucky. He clearly didn't research it. And the Vice one as well. Because as I said, there were even factual errors in the Vice one when he said he didn't know of the... They'd said he'd obviously not researched well enough. So it does also underline the lack of Mm. due diligence in the journalism. Mm. Well, Crack's whole thing is their satire and comedy, you know. So, how, 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 that is, that's slander. Totally, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, at what point does the line. But where, I guess it's a totally different conversation, but the line between writing something for laughs and then using some, like, some powerful clickbait to get people to read it or. Neglecting your journalistic integrity by not doing your due diligence and misrepresenting a real issue, you know, or not a real issue, but a real thing that happened, a real topic, you know, it's they've obviously fallen over one side of that line and not covered themselves in glory at all, but it does happen. You know? Isn't it really annoying how inconveniently subtle and nuanced life is? Wouldn't it just be better if if was just a fucking raging Nazi who'd written a like a really popular pop album and we had a really cool bit of trivia? I hate having that taken away from me. <laughs> I want it back. Right, don't listen to this podcast. Live in ignorance. Enjoy your bit of fucking pub trivia. Yeah, it's not true. are fucking Nazis, man. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, um, can I just also say, I mentioned the thing about Ryan Reynolds and Vicky, you sent me a video of South Park. Did, <laughs> yeah. It, uh, it would be really good if people, anybody that gets this far in the show, which will be about six fucking committed psychopaths, <laughs> um, can you... Try and hook us up with any other little bits of Ace of Base in pop culture. I'd love to see more uses of. I mean, there must be because for me, it's get heavy, heavy the cafe and EastEnders vibes to yeah, it. Yeah, totally. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> she so, leads a lonely life. In the background, yeah. So I want to kind of collect some of them increasingly outrageous appearances of Ace of Base and moments on TV and yeah. stuff. I, I like the sound of that. Yeah. Um, all right, Mark, I'm going to let you pick next week because I really put you through the mill. Uh, so I'm going to do an album which I like. Is it I, Arian? Absolutely not. <laughs> Good God, man. Um, <laughs> You're going off script. An album that I like, an album which is, you know, is a, a, I would say probably a popular album from that era uh-huh. um, by an artist who is influential in one way, but I think also doesn't get enough credit for the things that she's done and the the conversation she's helped start and the approach that she's had, I think we might end up doing something kind of similar to what we just done, just from a, just from a totally other angle. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to do Hardcore by Lil' Kim. Lil' Kim? Lil' Kim. Is she Aryan? Nah. Is she conservative? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> but it's, you might know the album. Yeah, she's a highly influential black female artist, but the kind of music she makes is not really popular because not a lot of people do it apart from maybe Nicki Minaj is probably like the closest mm-hmm. thing that a modern equivalent is uh, Millie Jackson oh, yeah See, there's a, there's sex a, positive yeah. is the first phrase that comes into my head well that's exactly what this album is it's mm-hmm. it, called hardcore and it's all about sex so mm-hmm. yeah yes <laughs> alright uh, Vicky you've got the little tub of names we'll get back into the Nexus world it's been easy yeah, since yeah. we did the Nexus Chris you're going to hear this album bring it on I hated <laughs> the one I did today and that was my choice <laughs> 
Okie doke. So the Nexus is Ah Burke from Trapdoor by Craig. Do you remember Trapdoor? <laughs> Do you remember Craig? <laughs> <laughs> I remember Craig. Jeez. Yeah, I also remember Burke that. From it was like a wee blob. Yeah. It was like a wee blob thing, mm-hmm. wasn't it? Like we it was a kid's programme trapdoor. Oh that, that Burke. Yeah. Yeah, it's a Mm-hmm. Stay away from that trap door Because there's <laughs> something down there So how are you going to get from Little Kim to that? <laughs> Fuck knows man, it's going to be good though That's a good it's one man good. Sometimes you get good. easy ones and then sometimes you get that Just kind of work for money yeah. Yeah. Good work Craig Alright, that was, that was a journey And you know what, I think we're all slightly better people at the end of it Especially yeah. me Agree. compelling not. story <laughs> thanks for sharing and doing all of that research before we go share this podcast on Facebook Instagram mm-hmm. Unsung Pod it's everywhere yeah this shall become the definitive study of whether or not Ace of Base are neo-Nazis and the result is really probably not mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so please share even just tell a pal just send them a message Tell your mom. Maybe. When your mom, your mom, you're off the hook. You can put it back on. Yeah. I think Mamo actually listened to that Beach Boys. Imagine, the, imagine the parties across Israel right now. Now that they know that Ace of Base are back on the menu, uh, bar mitzvahs, the signs oh, on. Mate. Everybody's what, up what giving it wildy. <laughs> what a flashing yeah. the rankers and whatever else. We are getting a percentage of royalties. I fucking <laughs> hope so. <laughs> All right, catch us later. Bye. Bye. I'll see you then. Oh, hi hi.